Hello and welcome to the EMG Gold podcast. I'm your host for today, Sem Boyassi, Head of Content Marketing here at EMG Health. And today I am joined by Karen Moyes, who is the Founder and Managing Director of Kinetic Future Leadership. Thank you for joining us today, Karen. How are you doing? It's so great to have you on board. And for, for those of you who don't know, I'm just going to give a quick background as to who Karen is and what she's been up to, um, just so you're up to speed. So Karen is the founder and managing director of Kinetic Future Leadership, as I mentioned, a company that coaches pharma and healthcare professionals to develop their leadership, communication and presence in the workplace. She founded the company in 2000 after an impressive career in marketing and communications, which saw her spend 13 years at Hill & Knowlton as their deputy CEO and managing director. She's a qualified time to think coach and is passionate about helping her clients to think differently to overcome everyday challenges. And right now, she's focusing on helping clients navigate the turmoil caused by COVID-19. So Karen, I'm really, really curious to find out, how did working with pharma and healthcare clients at Hill & Knowlton inform your decisions to start Kinetic Future Leadership overall and, and, and continue that through what you're doing now? Right. Hello. Well, you may know I came from uh, outside the pharma industry. I was working with companies like American Express and the Olympics and uh, even the nuclear industry. So when I came into pharma, it was a completely different world, which I knew nothing about. I mean, right down to not even knowing who the ABPI was, which is totally <laughs> ridiculous, totally ridiculous. Um, but when I got under the skin of the business, um, I realized that, in the words of some Simon Sinek, I sort of found my why, if that's not too, too mm. cheesy, that the work was really important and was really meaningful. Uh, and that this was the place that I wanted to be, and intellectually, that it was complex and challenging. And the, the other reason was that for the first time, because uh, I was there to turn around the business, that I had to really, if you like, do pure leadership because I couldn't consult my way out of it. So I had to find a way to inspire and motivate all these team of wonderful experts that I was working with. Uh, so that, that was a different experience. And I guess, too, in terms of setting up the business, I recognized that with all the other experiences that I'd had, that there was a lot of value and crossover that could be brought into pharmaceutical, which would be which would be useful. And you kind of see that within pharmaceutical companies themselves too, don't you, at the moment? Or you have really for the last few years where they bring on experts uh, to work internally from outside the industry as well, um, which absolutely, as you said, the advantage of that is that they can bring all of these experience and learnings from other industries that can equally be applied to pharma and healthcare overall. Um, so that is really, really inspiring. And, and thank you for, for talking us through that. And as I mentioned in the introduction, you are a qualified time to think coach, which for those of you who don't know, it's a principle invented by leadership and development expert Nancy Klein. Can you tell us about this approach and, and why it is valuable for pharma clients in particular? Well, so I think Nancy, if she was here, uh, would, would probably uh, say that it's not so much in, invented, but more that it evolved over a period of about 30 years, looking at research and by observation. And what she and the, us in the collegiate and the faculty were doing is really looking at what makes the optimum conditions for independent thinking, your own independent thinking. 
uh, which really is at the heart of time to think. I mean, that's that is its singular focus, which is very different from other sorts of coaching that I've been uh, involved in. And I think it's very relevant for pharma clients because we've got a, it's complex. We've got a lot to think about. And a lot of the time, the particularly at the moment in COVID, you know, we're dashing from meeting, from Zoom meeting to Zoom meeting. Yeah. And we're not really being given that time and space to think for ourselves. And to be frank, we're wasting a lot of all that intellect and knowledge and it's a lot of the people, particularly in the medical affairs side and marketing side, are they're very reflective. So they need that space and time, particularly in a confidential environment. So, you know, that's really why I think it would be it's very helpful for the pharma industry. Yeah. And, and I think um, Nancy has recently also released a book, uh, The Promise That Changes Everything, uh, which looks at our tendency to interrupt and not listen. And <laughs> so so how serious is this problem for us as a society, especially, I guess, now, as you mentioned, that we're living in a Zoom and virtual world? And, yeah. and how can we learn to interrupt less and listen better? Well, I, I suppose if you think about just your daily life, when have you been in a meeting or at home where people don't interrupt you? I mean, it, mm. it's sort of almost a, a pandemic in its own right. The <laughs> Gottman Institute in Seattle looked at this whole issue about three years ago and found that even professional listeners like co traditional coaches would interrupt every 20 seconds. And this year, that figure is now 11 seconds and yes, it's quite extraordinary. Really? And remember, the interruption is not just you know jumping in as yeah. uh, we, we we would all see. It's also that sort of tailgating where people know that you're waiting to jump in, or mm. uh, all the looks you get, or turning off your camera on Zoom, or looking as though you're floating off into the wilderness and <laughs> you know bored on those calls. It's all of that sort of thing. But the impact on the individual is it makes people feel as though the thinking doesn't matter. People who are more reflective think, well, I won't bother anyway. So we're losing all of that uh, ability to innovate and think. But also we're, we're sort of undermining a lot of the talent that we have. So as a society, what the book uh, and this promise that changes everything really is a great title for it. You know, I promise I won't interrupt you. It's really saying that if we could change our habits of doing that, we would see huge amounts of benefits in society and in you know relationships with our partners and our children, as well as in business. So it's something that's very powerful. And it's one of the key components of this environment that creates the best independent thinking. And it's that promise of knowing you won't be interrupted that's a key part of it. That is so fascinating and certainly something that I'm going to be a lot more aware of now. Um, <laughs> and I'll definitely pop that book on my Christmas wish list as well. So it sounds, sounds super, super fascinating. I wanted to ask you about something related to leadership in particular because we're all different. So what resonates or works for one person may not work for another. So how do you coach leaders to communicate with other potentially conflicting personalities? 
Well, you probably expect me to to say this, but I think the the big one, um, and this this is a topic that comes up a lot in coaching, particularly with leaders uh, between leaders, as you can imagine. Uh, the big one is to it's really to give genuine attention to what somebody else is saying, to really listen, and to try and find out what is important to that other person, because then you'll both start communicating with each other as colleagues and adults. And the other one, which is at the heart of the time to think approach is we go into these situations uh, really with lots of assumptions about what's going to happen, what they're going to think, how it's going to go. And all of these assumptions are really stopping us from getting what we want, whether that's you know a resolution of something that's a conflict between leaders or whether it's you want that pay rise or whether you want... Uh, to manage that person in a different way. So one of the things we're doing in this environment is really uncovering those assumptions, you know, wheedling them out Mm. and really looking at whether they're true and limiting um, or untrue, you know, what is actually happening. That reminded me of a piece of advice that I was once given ages ago. Um, Someone said we should really listen with the intention to understand rather than listening with the intention to respond um, and Mm. just say something back to the person, uh, which I think sometimes, depending on personality types, um, people are prone to doing. They want to be seen to say something back or have something to add. And so rather than listening, they're thinking about what the response is going to be. Mm. Um, But 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 yeah, that that is brilliant advice and um, obviously the situation that we find ourselves in right now with COVID-19 it has put immense pressure on leaders to really communicate effectively with with their teams in, in this new environment that we find ourselves in. So what are the key principles to bear in mind when engaging with a workforce remotely? Well I think there's been a lot of really good work done uh, by the pharma industry on communicating remotely. I mean I think people perhaps having better communication now than they had before we went into COVID. So the the comms teams have been working incredibly hard at it. I think the challenge at the moment is how to maintain that engagement because everyone is pretty tired. I mean, they're always tired around this time of year going into Christmas anyway. So how are you going to keep that engagement going, keep that um, mojo and importance of the work that people have been doing, because people have been very motivated indeed. How do you keep that going? And one of the ways I think is going to help is really focusing on the word connection. How do you build connection within the team and with yourself as a leader in, in your communications? I mean, really simple things. You know, I hear about leaders not turning their cameras on. Well, that is an immediate disconnect. I mean, it's okay if your internet's a bit dodgy, you've, you've, yeah. got, a, you've got an excuse or, you know, your son's just walked in in their underpants or something. <laughs> or we can that. Yeah, yeah, it happens. <laughs> um, but it's, you know, it's building that connection both within the team and so that they can learn from each other and have those informal connections as well. Mm. And also how thinking more about, onboarding the new people I mean there are some people who are now on teams who've never met their colleagues yeah so I think the it's the sort of your communication strategy as a leader how you're going to do that and how you as a leader want to turn up each day and I would say a lot of clients too are thinking well as we come as we want to survive and thrive 
you know, through COVID is, do I need to change my style of leadership? What is a new style of leadership that I need? And those are the questions that are coming up a lot, which I think are really important for leaders. Mm, Definitely. Very, very interesting. And my final question for you, um, you've you've kind of you know owned your business since 2000 basically meaning that you've not only weathered the financial crash in 2008 but but now also a pandemic so what lessons have you learned along the way and and what has been your kind of key highlight if there is just one that you could pick well um my my approach to this has always been to have a big sign on the door which sort of says keep calm and carry on that's number one (laughs) Classic, love that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it stands still. But also, I think to I have a great belief that talent will out. So although when things get tough, that it's it becomes a market share issue, perhaps rather than a market growth issue. That good people rise to the top, and there's always opportunity there, even if a market is is smaller. And really, just to keep doing the things that you know are right and to keep focused as well, which is why, you know, I I focus on pharmaceutical as well as really liking the industry, but it's the focus makes a massive difference. Mm. And what an exciting industry to be a part of at the moment, how with all the amazing news, all the amazing efforts going on at the moment. Yes, Um, I think we're all very proud, actually. Absolutely. If anything, this year has definitely highlighted just that, just how proud we all are of being part of this industry and having the pleasure of working with all of these incredibly talented people and and speaking with them on a day-to-day basis Mm. is certainly really, really, really amazing. But Karen, some fantastic insights. So thank you so much for not only taking the time to join me, but also for sharing them with our listeners. Um, I'm afraid that is all we have time for today, but, but thank you again for joining me. I hope you had as much fun as I did. That's a pleasure. And um, thank you again to all of our listeners for tuning in. Please do join us again next week for another episode of the EMG Gold podcast. Take care and see you then.